Hello and welcome to season two, episode 50 of the Two Hands Under Hurl podcast. I think it's episode 50. Uh, I, I stand corrected on that. I won't lie to you. Uh, I'm a bit of a, a fuzzy head today, um, but I actually have to double check uh, which episode we're on. It's a, Sorry, it's episode 51. Sorry, I stand corrected. I'm your host this week, as you obviously know, because I made a mistake at the very start, TJ Mills. And I'm joined by the legend and Instagram king, the one and only Robbie Mansfield. How's things, Robbie? Yeah, I'm good, Teach. Uh, feeling good. Good news day today uh, for once. So, yeah, all good. I think everyone around the country's got a bit of a pep in their step at the minute. Yeah, no, it's, I actually had a note down there. Um, brilliant topics came up with this week and I just had a, a note made down there, return to normal. And it definitely is a return to normal when I make a balls up at the intro. So, but as this is live and unedited, uh, we'll go with it. <laughs> we'll crack on. Um, yeah, um, anything strange or wonderful during the week? Uh, well, just, you know, so the big news for me is that I'm leaving my work in the gym and I'm just going to go out and do my own thing, uh, just doing training and treatments and stuff like that. So that's kind of big news. But probably more importantly, um, I borrowed a power washer and I power washed uh, my backyard and my driveway. And honestly, it's probably the closest thing you can get to, you know, sexual experience, which is goes on to be honest, just, you know, power hose in the driveway. And just it just looks uh, looks incredible afterwards, you know, so. It just makes me think, and sorry um, for anyone that's listening under 18, they shouldn't be listening anyway, uh, as it is uh, uh, flagged, but uh, not like a big, powerful tool between your hands. (laughs) True, true, true. (laughs) I know they are some satisfaction, actually. Do you know when you're washing a car and it's absolutely filthy? Yeah, yeah, getting all the muck off it. Yeah, I know. Um, but if you're not too busy, actually, I'll have a bit of work there. Both sides for you. So uh, power washing and also treatment as well. Uh, yeah, the hamstrings are a bit tight tonight. Now I won't lie to you. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll move on anyway uh, with podcasts. And as you mentioned there, Robbie, um, we're returned to normal. And thank God it isn't what they were saying, a new normal nearly all all restrictions are being lifted this morning the podcast we're recording it friday evening but um it'd be out um saturday morning and the restrictions will be lifted at six uh, or after being lifted at 6 a.m did you ever think we'd reach this point uh yeah well, i suppose I, I did think we'd reach this point but i suppose i thought it'd be more of a gradual phase sort of thing um but you know, I'm really, I'm really happy that they they took the plunge and decided to you know open up back fully. You know, they're keeping the the mask mandate in in place or whatever. But um, you know, you know, capacity is going to be back up there, and you know, opening times, businesses are going to be able to trade, and you know, it's going to be a lot you know closer to being back into post or pre COVID sort of uh, world. You know, in a way, and I know like. In Ireland, we've had probably one of the more restrictful um, COVID regulations and stuff like that compared to other countries in the EU and stuff like that, or even around the world. Um, so yeah, it's great to be getting back to normal and 
you know, it should be a, a fun-filled weekend for a lot of people and going out and having having a bit of good news to talk about when, when they're out in the pub. Yeah, I know, definitely. Um, would, you, would you find it a major adjustment, Robbie? Do you, do you think, um, I know personally myself, I, there's still a bit of fear in the back of my head. Um, gen- and genuinely, I mean, I would have been one of the ones crying out for the restrictions to be lifted, but maybe it's, I, I don't know, it's just in my head that I'm still wary. Yeah, I think, you know, I'd probably be a very introverted sort of person anyway, so I wouldn't be a big fan of big crowds anyway. So, But I don't know if it's going to be any more uncomfortable for me than, say, you know, than normal, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. yeah, like, I suppose myself, I don't have a huge fear factor with it, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I, I was kind of like calling for this for a long time, you know, so <laughs> I can't really be giving out about it. I know there was kind of some people, I heard some people were giving out about maybe we're easing too fast. And, you know, I suppose like, you know, you have to feel for some people maybe who who are vulnerable or, you know, who were like have been, you know, been glued to the TV for the last two years and are quite um, fearful of what might happen, what could potentially happen. Um, you know, so I think there is definitely fear out there among people, but I think the majority of people are, are quite happy to just get back to you know living their lives and hopefully hopefully this is the the beginning of the end of everything and we can ditch the masks and then hopefully next winter we're in a good position where we can just kind of keep going as normal um and we're just living with with um covid like it's you know a flu or a cold or you know it's kind of it's manageable due to medication and you know immunization and all that sort of stuff and immunity that people have built up from having it already so yeah i'm really i'm really hopeful and I don't, I don't really have the fear factor myself, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I'd agree completely with you. Um, yeah, no, maybe it's just a thing that you just have to get out. Um, uh, I won't lie. I would have loved nights out. I really would have. Um, like sometimes you'd go out and you say, oh, feck it. I mean, you, you, won't be, you wouldn't be able to get to the bar or whatever or be too crowded or whatever but uh i know i mean it's definitely great to be back to normal um and one thing and i might sound a complete hypocrite saying it i kind of given slight bit of credit to neffet here and i would have been one of the ones that would have been critical of some of the decisions they made but kind of maybe fair play to them that maybe they were they try to justify their decisions um, by pre- protecting the vulnerable and health services and all of that. But when they realise here we're at the end point, they seem to move further than the government did. So uh, before anyone says you're a hypocrite saying it, I kind of give them a bit of plaudits for that, what they, what they announced last night. Uh, what's the one thing you would love to do now, Robbie, that we we have our freedom back again uh i suppose like just go to go to a concert um would be probably the the top priority i suppose for me um you know i just i didn't go to a lot of games even though you could go to games over covid and stuff i just felt there were maybe limited numbers would be hard to get tickets and stuff but you know with the kind of um more tickets available for you know big venues and stuff it might be some um, I'm more interested in going and seeing, you know, seeing 
some club games and um, maybe hopefully going to the club finals, hopefully. And yeah, yeah just kind of, I suppose the, the big one is, is probably music and uh, concerts and stuff. That'd be my main one. How about you, Teach? Yeah, no, the same. I, I won't lie to you. The last inter-county game I would have been at was the All-Earned Final in 2019, um, Kilkenny Tipperary. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go our way that day. Like other than that, the games I would have been at, I would have been involved with as part of management team. So I'd look forward to try to get back to those. And um, yeah, no, hopefully we can have our two Christmas parties in a row as well. Uh, that uh, I'd like to be able to get out as well. Um, now, I can see absolutely it being manic uh, this weekend and well deserving. I mean, people are after being through uh, Helen back, especially the young people. I mean, think back to when I was in early 20s or even when I started drinking first at 18 and you look at people that may have been 17 when all of this started and never had a, you could say, a proper night out. So I really hope that they go out and enjoy themselves um, safely and um, they have a great time. Yeah, I know, definitely. And I don't mean responsible. In other words, it's just you don't want to see people getting injured or whatever. Um, that would be... But uh, I know it's great. It, it really is great. I was chanting, like I was saying on the podcast a while ago, Luke O'Neill said, we will emerge from it. Um and he proved right and it actually came quicker than it was so yeah i know it's a brilliant 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 feeling now but um two things would be the ga and sessions again so we'll have our christmas parties <laughs> and uh mock will be back as well isn't yeah no it uh, yeah mock it's was strange over the past couple of years it was great because there were um or online or contact like where um i'm involved with a what's called capers a kind of drama at the moment we're not competitive in it because we're what we call the rainbow team but we've been practicing so it's uh great to have an involved with a festival in kilkenny as well give it a plug mr personality in spring hill um and yeah i know it'd be great to after two years to have that coming back in april to the marble city and big thing robbie i won't lie to you i'm really excited it, we're mentioning about maybe going to the darts in dublin that'd be terrific but the big thing locally would be um the golf in mount julet um it's just so many connections involved with the course and having it there but what it will bring locally as well to the likes of the local Malzard, Sheridan's, Kells as well, Delaney's and um, Shirley's that's been redeveloped at the moment to be just be just horrific to see an atmosphere. Then you have the Cat's Laughs as well, um, which wasn't, wasn't able to go ahead over the past two years either. So um, I know it's going to be a brilliant summer, Robbie. I really, I really think so. And um I hope everyone gets out and enjoys it. And those that have concerns that they're able to ease back out. Um, and that's the main thing because life's there for enjoying. <laughs> yeah, sure is. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, as I said, this is the beginning of the end. 
yeah, I know definitely it's onwards from here. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, and after the announcements today, it means that there are no capacity limits on the GEA now with club final uh, club matches. The capacity wouldn't be as large as inter-county, but still an awful lot of people will want to be going out. But before we get to the club action, there's a couple of big uh, football matches taking place tomorrow. Uh, Dublin and Leash in the Burn Cup final. Um, Dublin Red Hot favourites, Robbie. Uh, but Leash bounced back with from their defeat to Exford after conceding six ten to beat Meath, Wicklow, and Clare after penalties the other night. So maybe it might be close, but Dublin or Dublin. Yeah, Dublin or Dublin, and you know it's hard to tell really in the preseason. Like you could. You know, it could be a really good opportunity for Leash to win something. You know that. You know, maybe that sounds. You know, like like I suppose it would be a good, uh, possibly kickstart for for Leash. You know what I mean? To like, if Dublin go out and lose or Dublin win, you know, no one in the Dublin camp really cares. But it could be a nice little springboard for for Leash going into the league. And um, you know, quite often with teams doing well, it's about momentum and maybe setting down an early marker early in the year. Um. You know, like it's hard to analyze these games because so many, yeah. so many different guys involved and like guys in and out, and some people starting and playing, and you know. So, like in terms of analyzing, you know, the outcome and what that actually means, um, you know, as I said before, it's just all about finding new guys, new players, and stuff. Um, and like the thing is that for Dublin, I suppose it's mission accomplished because they got to the final, which means that they got as many opportunities as possible to get guys out there in the Dublin jersey and, you know, running around and trying to integrate into the team. So that's that's all you really want from the Oberon Cup is that you get as far into it as you can. And then if you win it, you're, you know, it's not really even a thing. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot, but like probably for the likes of Leash, you probably would need something in terms of momentum and stuff like that. So, um yeah, I know you're. You know, you got leash relations and stuff, and you'll be you'll be uh, hoping to get the win. So, um, is it on the telly? Is it? It's on um, TG Cahar online, so it'd be on their website or uh, YouTube either um, tomorrow at three o'clock. So it'd be great to be able to watch it. Um, being honest, I I don't think TG Cahar gets as much credit as they should because the the sports coverage they give is just phenomenal like it's second to none like um but yeah that game's there yeah i i can't disagree with what you were saying i think the last time leash actually won the burn cup was in uh make the wires days uh that was back 2005 I think Noel Garvin was the captain on the day they defeated Westmeath in Cusick Park and Mullingar I was so battered with me father and the last time I think they made the final was actually against Dublin in 2007 uh, Dublin emerged victorious after I think it went extra time and uh, it was a one point win for Dublin there and Leash and Dublin had really great battles back then um, of course, Leash's win over Dublin in 2003 and then Dublin's one point win in 2005 and uh, 
been demolished in 2006, but it was close enough affair in 2007, I think was about six pints in it. So I know, I mean, it's, it'd be great to see him put in a performance. Billy Sheen, great player. Um, actually, there was a post put up by uh, Daro Krahur. Um, he writes for, he's main Camogie correspondent for um, national newspapers and the Camogie Association. And he put up about two players that are still going well into their 30s, Niall McNamee of Offaly and Ross Munley Elite. And actually, Ross Munley is after featuring heavily at 30, I think Ross is 39 now. Um, so it'd be great to see Ross getting, even if it was the Auburn Cup, it'd be great to see him getting another trophy in the Leash jersey. Anyway, not to bore people with that, uh, me talking about Leash. Uh, it'd be the same as Kilkenny Hurling. Um the McGrath Cup finals on tomorrow as well. Kerry versus Cork. Jack O'Connor back uh, after taking over the reins in Kerry after a stint in Kildare. Cork also under new management. The results so far, Robbie, you can't see anyone uh, anything but uh, maybe a large enough Kerry win there. Am I, or am I being a bit harsh on Cork there? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, you know, Kerry have a real great strength and depth to their, their squad and there's so many players they can pick from. Um, and, you know, in comparison, Cork, the football, you know, they haven't been producing as many players and stuff. So if it comes out to like, you know, they're, you know, a mix of players, you know, some some starters and some kind of uh, guys who more likely will play subs during the year, I think, you know, Kerry will have, um, you know, the slickness and, you know, Kerry or Kerry, they'll just, you know, past teams and just run them off the field like you know the way so you imagine it should be a Kerry win and Kerry have been quite convincing in the early stages you know even though it's only McGrath Cup or whatever but um, you know as I've said before on the podcast I think Kerry have left probably two All-Irelands behind them in the last two years uh, losing to Cork um, in 2020 and then losing to Tyrone last year I think you know they would have fancied themselves to go all the way and you know I would have been really fearful um, if Dublin had to play them in 2020, to be honest, which I don't think, I think Kerry would have had their match on that day, you know. Um, so yeah, I think Kerry, out for blood, they've been had, they've been caught twice the last two years and, you know, it was probably amazing that they were caught two years in a row. Um, not that Toronto didn't play well or Cork didn't play well in the day, but you imagine on the balance of things, like Kerry are probably the best team in the country at playing football. So, yeah, I think they'll feel themselves. That's why they probably got rid of, um, or they got Jack O'Connor in, if you know what I mean, because they were like, we should be winning with the talent we have. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting, interesting year uh, for Kerry. And, you know, from my point of view, hopefully they don't do well, but, you know, they'll be, once again, probably my favourites uh, for the All-Ireland. Yeah, I know. I, I think Jack O'Connor going back down there is a good appointment. I think um, Peter Keane... Uh, I hope I have Peter Keane's name right, the former manager. Um, yeah, there are question marks, should he have gotten another year or whatever, but I mean, there's only so long you can go. And um, I mean, the same question marks were in Kilkenny um, for a couple of years as well about when you're, when you have, t- after, after having success and not after, reaching the plummet for a while 
Anyway, move on, Robbie. There's uh, McKenna Cup football up the north uh, tomorrow as well. Monaghan versus Donegal. Uh, Armagh, where I watched a bit of the game the other night, Armagh, Armagh and Monaghan. And Armagh looked in good control of that game, but great credit to Monaghan. And Donegal were, um, had, a, I mean, an easy enough win over there. I didn't see the final score of it, but uh, they were leading well. At halftime, that final's on tomorrow as well. Uh, there's some hurling games on tomorrow as well. Clare versus Limerick. That'll be a real tasty in- encounter in the Munster Hurling uh, Cup final and uh, the Welsh Cup Senior Hurling, Antrim versus Galway. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, Antrim put it up to Galway over the past couple of years and Henry Shefflin will be hoping to bounce back from uh, the lost a heavy loss to Dublin last weekend. The caveat there is Galway were were experimental, and that's no disrespect to Dublin. Uh, Dublin no, that's massive disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, it was a it was a savage win for Dublin. There, three three twenty nine, I think, to about seventeen points, something roughly like that. And then Wexford versus Kilkenny as well. Um, those games, I know the Wexford Kilkenny games on the Bio, Bio Sport platform online can be purchased. But and then Offaly versus Dublin in the Welsh Cup on Sunday. That'd be a good encounter now. Um Dublin going really well and Offaly put it up to Galway as well, ran them six points. Uh, but the big games on Sunday, Robbie, and that's why I rushed through them is Sorry, the other fixtures is Ballyhill Shamrocks versus St. Thomas is a Galway and Schlock Neil of Derry against Ballygunner. Everyone's tipping Ballyhill Shamrocks versus Ballygunner. Everyone seems to be the dream final. Ballyhill had the, the match of St. Thomas's back in 2019, I think, had a comprehensive victory. I think it was around 17 points. And uh, Schlock Neil of Derry. They're very hard to beat, but Ballygunner looked uh, really impressive in the Munster final against Kilmallock. How do you see those games going? Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, as the probably bookmakers are making out Ballygunner and Ballyhale final is probably what we're in store for. Um, yeah, and like, I think, you know, probably the one more likely to get to get cause an upset would be Schlock Neil because they've been there thereabouts in terms of getting to the stage the last few years and, you know, could be learning a lot of lessons. And, um, yeah, I think that one is probably the bigger chance for an upset. Now, despite the fact that Bally Gunner are just shooting the lights out, um, it would just be interesting to see if they came under a bit of pressure and how they were to respond to that. Because in a lot of the games they've been, they've won out well in the end, you know, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see it. Like, with kind of uh, Ballyhale, they were losing in the Kilkenny senior final, and then they were in the like a few games in the in the Leinster as well. They weren't exactly um, doing great for the the whole game. Now in the final, obviously, they kind of they turned on the style and they um, they kind of they got a lot of goals and then it kind of really put them ahead. But in general, they've been tested, for like obviously in the Kilkenny championship and through the Leinster as well. Whereas Ballygunner just blown everyone away, so. Uh, and you imagine Slocking are a type of, of team that would like to make it kind of a, you know, not a dirty game, but make a physical 
and really take the game to Ballygunner. And, you know, I think that would be the bigger test of the weekend um, overall. But, you know, it's hard to see either of those teams losing overall, to be honest, because Ballygunner is so strong and racking up big scores. And Ballyhale, you know, they're going for three in a row. If you, you know, depending on how you count it, because they won two before COVID and then there was no, no, um, like, Inter inter county club games uh, last year, if you know what I mean. So they they could have went down and won the third one last year, but um, yeah, they're going for three in a row. So you'd have to say that it's looking like Ballygunner and Ballyhale, but I'm sure that's exactly what Slock Neil and St Thomas want to hear right now. They want to be bigging those guys up and coming in and hopefully causing an upset. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with anything you said there, Robbie. Um. Actually, one thing I'm noticing there, and it's I'm not picking on Dublin here, far from it. But if you're to look at the game, that could be, um, I I'd say Ballygunner would rather play that game in the likes of Simple Stadium in Turles, which the Ballyhill Shamrock St Thomas's game is. Ballyhill love a wide open field, uh, that's why they love Croke Park so much, and they always perform well in Simple Stadium. Uh, but Schlock Neil and Ballygunner, because it's central, it's taken place in Parnell Park in Dublin. So, and with the experienced players, especially around the middle uh, that Schlock Neil have, um, they may be able to make a close. Like Ballyhill Shamrocks played Schlock Neil a couple of years ago, and they were leading be two points. And Schlock Neil came back into that game. It was only a Colin Finley goal. Uh, with about, I think it was about six or seven minutes to go that uh, saw Ballyhill win out be five points and then they went on to win the final. But uh, yeah, I, I'd agree that could be a tight encounter now. But St. Thomas's and Galway are there on Mersh as well. The only real disadvantage that I can see for St. Thomas's is they'd be coming into the game raw, uh, be similar to the Galway teams going back throughout the years before they came into Leinster. They're no real, they have no tests once they come out of Galway. And um, as you say, Ballyhill Shamrocks had, uh, they had it really tough against St. Rhinus of Offaly. Um, O'Loughlin Gales, as you said in the county final, um, was just a little, O'Loughlin's just didn't, weren't leading enough in that game. I, I work with a, an O'Loughlin Gales player. Um and Danny Lachnan and it was just they they knew themselves that they had they had the better of the first half but they just didn't convert it into scores but yeah I can't disagree it, for neutrals I say people would like to see anyone bar Ballyhill Shamrocks there but as a Kilkenny man I really hope there that they progress through and it be a great achievement. Uh, to claim another spot and they have a great record in club semi-finals as well and they'd be oh. hoping to claim their ninth All-Ireland then uh, we move on anyway Robbie to the picks of the week and i let you take it first this week yeah uh, so picks of the week this week so as I kind of mentioned last week I'm doing like a, an album a day um, for this year um, so it's going pretty well actually Getting through it relatively easy, so just hopefully I can keep it going. But um, yeah, so obviously listen to a lot of music this week. Uh, but I'm just going to give one recommendation. Uh, would be I don't know if you know uh, Jack L or Jack Lukeman. 
Yeah, I actually worked on radio with um, his girlfriend. So, oh, yeah. There we go now. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone you don't know? <laughs> uh, yeah, Myself. So, <laughs> he actually does a brilliant cover of uh, Kylie Minogue's song, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh, cool. And that's what kind of brought him back into my mind. And then I listened to his very first album, which is uh, called Wax. I'm not sure why it's called Wax, and it's Jack Lukeman and the Black Romantics. Now it's a really, really great um, album. All the songs are really good. A lot, I added a lot of them to my playlist as well. So that's um, a good show musically. Um, then also, I got a new TV, and I got Apple TV on the TV, and then I got a free trial of Apple TV, and I got to watch uh, Macbeth, which is uh, obviously Shakespeare, and uh, but the, it has uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is um, Macbeth, so it's kind of a really weird thing to see because he's normally just yeah. he plays like the Denzel role, and so I think it's probably really like out of his comfort zone. But he does it really well, and it's a brilliantly kind of shot movie. Um, and even if you're not into Shakespeare or whatever, um, you can kind of follow along what's happening by the reactions of people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, even if you don't understand what's being said, you can kind of, you get the gist of what's going on by if someone's being sad or if just someone's being angry or whatever. So yeah, so that's, um, so that's what I watched that uh, last week. And uh, But in general, a- Apple TV, I wouldn't really recommend it because you have to pay like a monthly fee for just to have the platform. And then you have to uh, pay for most of the stuff individually. So for me, it doesn't really seem worth it. Um, so not a huge, huge fan of it. But that was that was a really good uh, movie, actually, to be honest. And then I was just getting into watching uh, Clickbait on Netflix. That was recommended um, by a few people. And, yeah, so it's a really interesting show. And, yeah, it's kind of worth checking out. Um, I'm only on episode two or three now, so it hasn't really, like, kicked off, kicked off. But, um, yeah, I'm enjoying what I see so far. Uh, what about you, Teach? What's your picks? Yeah, no, I won't lie to you. I'm very bad lately for watching stuff. Um, but there's one came to me head that um I used to love watching years ago, and I discovered it on my box at home. It's uh, Blue Healers. It's called. It's um an American, uh, police drama from Australia. It would have been out from daily. I say early 90s onwards, it would have been on late at night um, on RT and I used to love that. So I'm watching that. Um, the second one, it'd be an artist that I would have mentioning um, before and we'll be discussing them next as well is I was actually listening to a lot of Meatloaf uh, today um, and I just think... It's just such a shame, I won't lie to you. Uh, there's a taxi driver in Kilkenny. Um, he's, um, I, I can't think of his name. He's a fierce, nice lad, but he does chauffeur for um, the celebrities. And also, um, I was lucky to be in his car one time, and I'm far from a celebrity. But, um, ah, you're a bit of a celebrity. Oh, no, no, far from it. But uh, he actually put a post up on Facebook. And um, yeah, no, Meatloaf was meant to have been a, a really, really nice gentleman now. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's just a pity. But I won't discuss much more. But um, 
Do you think he'd go down as a rock legend, Robbie, just before we move on and talk properly, actually? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose he is a rock legend. Um, a lot of his albums were released a lot, you know, a good while ago. He stretches back to the 70s. Um, he hasn't really had a lot of current stuff. So I suppose like maybe for a certain age demographic, it's hard to maybe connect with him. So in terms of my meatloaf experience was the... Uh, the song was the I Do Anything for Love, that song, um, yeah. which is a brilliant, brilliant song and brilliant video. And so that would be my main sort of uh, like memory of Meatloaf. And then seeing him in the movie Fight Club, I don't know if you remember if you've seen him in Fight Club. Um, I did know, but he was a great actor as well. He really, uh, he yeah. starred in over, I think, 64 films. Yeah, so he was uh, obviously, but um, well, I only seen him in uh, Fight Club as I remember from what I remember but yeah I think you know like Bad of Hell like a lot of people will just know that song just by osmosis just for by existing you know the way so I suppose that does show that he did leave a bit of a legacy um yeah he's definitely a rock legend um probably maybe you know ironically maybe with his death he might get a little bit of a revival in terms of people listening to him and stuff but um yeah I was chatting to a few people today and they were kind of saying that they really loved his music and you know just randomly just kind of just chatting about it and you know he seemed to have um definitely connected with a lot of people musically so and that's actually what i'm going to do with my album today i'm going to check out um check out some meatloaf as well so yeah i'm going to add him into the rotation yeah no it's um actually it's derek devoy is the taxi driver's name if you're looking for a taxi in kilkenny i can't recommend anyone more um, he was founder of Taxi Watch as well, who, who was, um, if anyone didn't hear of it in Kilkenny, it's uh, suicide prevention. So uh, he set up that taxi drivers, if they were going around that, they spotted people that maybe, um, that they feel may not be well or uh, what I mean be well is that they don't look themselves in a sense or they may look. Uh, upset her that that taxis would watch out and he deserves great credit but as I said he actually starred in um, oh do you know that program with the lads from um, from Cork oh what the hell's the name the two young lads uh uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I just, just, just yeah, I know oh, it's brutal. I, I don't know why I can't remember things lately, but young uh, offenders, young offenders, a uh, brilliant, brilliant show, brilliant film as well. He actually starred in Young Offenders as well, but uh, yeah, he put up that meatloaf, he chauffeured meatloaf, and he was playing as the marquee in Cork, and he said he was uh an absolute gentleman. So we move on. Uh, actually, my uh, I mentioned my pick, sorry. Uh, we move on to chat a bit more about Meatloaf. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the poor man, he wasn't in good health for a long time. Um, and it was so unfortunate because he had so much talent there. I mean, I don't think anyone could actually really well, in my eyes, could match his vocals. Like, and as you mentioned there, uh, I would do anything for love is one of my favorite songs. Uh, I won't lie. Um, and I think the female vocals in it was just phenomenal. And the 
connection they had on stage was um just unbelievable um so yeah no I don't think I can say anymore um I was really sad I was out for uh around this morning when the news came on the radio and uh I devastated I won't lie to you even though I'm not someone to buy into celebrity culture or that but uh yeah no I I just thought he was a legend and a great artist uh I'd rate him as high as I would Bruce Springsteen and I love Bruce Springsteen as well um so yeah may he rest in peace anyway and um yeah, it's a pity I don't have we don't have the music license. I'd love to play a song there, but <laughs> yeah, uh, sure we, we move on anyway to soccer and um there's some Premier League action taking place this weekend. Um we won't go down through it all uh, because we have other matters to discuss with soccer as well. But um Everton versus Aston Villa on tomorrow afternoon. Of course, Everton uh, sacked uh, agent Rafa Benitez during the week and they take on Aston Villa. That's uh, Stephen Gerrard is after taking over charge. Um, How do you see that game going? Big game for Everton after the decision they made and Aston Villa on a high after signing Coutinho and they're also a link to uh Luis Suarez as well if that develops. Um do you think Everton will bounce back or maybe possibly an easy win for Villa? Uh, I think usually in these sort of scenarios what happens it's like a nil all draw because uh the team that is under caretaker manager usually like digs in and just kind of backs to the wall sort of thing. Um but you know again it's the it's the half twelve kickoff, you know, so like the half twelve kickoff, there's always drama, and that's that's a, a, one of the rules that I know a lot of uh, guys who bet on accumulator bets and stuff um, is never bet the early kickoff because it will kick you in the teeth in terms of predicting your results. But um, yeah, yeah, you imagine Everton will get a bit of a bounce, and you know Stevie G, he's going back to to Goodison. Uh, I'm sure he'll get a nice reception off the uh, Everton fans as well. So um, yeah, I suppose like he's like. Stevie G, he has the the power to pull in, you know, the likes of Coutinho and Suarez. Like, you know, Suarez would never think about going to Aston Villa, like, or Coutinho wouldn't think about going there unless uh, Gerard was there, you know. So that's that that's a big X factor that Villa have, and um, you know, maybe you think Jack Grealish could be, you know, a bit upset that he wasn't uh, he wasn't he didn't stay on. He didn't stay on at Villa, and he's not because uh, he's not getting to play as much as at City because. City is such a massive squad, they can just rotate in superstars in and out of the squad. Like, um, yeah, it, may, it might even end up going back to Villa, possibly, the way things are going. Um, yeah, but I think overall, I would give a slight edge to Villa, just because I think Stevie G is a good manager, and Coutinho going in there, he might produce a bit of magic. Um, but I think probably the safer bet is a nil all, I'd say, just because that's usually what happens in these sort of uh, situations when you have the caretaker manager in. Yeah, I know. Very valid point there. And um, just a quick question. Do you think um, Stephen Gerrard is after doing enough to maybe put himself in line when Jurgen Klopp leaves Liverpool? Um, yeah, I think, you know, if, if Klopp was to leave tomorrow, 
and he's not going to leave tomorrow. But no, if he no. was to leave tomorrow, <laughs> if he was to leave tomorrow, I think Stevie G uh, or Gerard's name would be definitely in the conversation. Um, but I think like if he does a really really great job at Villa, if he gets you know Villa up into maybe top six or even like you know consistently up you know eight seven six or whatever um i think that would probably be a big enough achievement without like security and stuff like that to to get to there um for for a club like Villa and where they're at and just with just in terms of like the spending power that all the other clubs have that are you know that would be above them in that sort of they'd probably never be able to break into that long term um so yeah, I think if he was to get them up there and be consistently there for the next few years and maybe challenging for a few cups and stuff, that definitely he'd be he'd probably be in prime position to take over at Liverpool. But I just think at the minute, you know, he managed Rangers and obviously was successful there and he's had a good start at Villa, but maybe he doesn't quite have the C V. I know he played obviously for Liverpool and stuff, but he doesn't have the quite the managerial C V to be like an automatic uh, first choice. Now, a lot of fans would probably want to to go with Steven Gerrard, but I think you know, obviously, it's the it's the boardroom and all that that pays the wages and makes those decisions. And I think they would probably opt for someone who they consider to be a bit safer, um, because because as well, like Liverpool are in such a good place, and you know, if Klopp was to you know go in a few years' time, he'd probably be leaving them in a good place. So, you know it would be they'd be more inclined to make a kind of a slow decision and not act too hastily so you know CBG could he could lose his potential Liverpool job uh, if things go south at, uh, at Villa or he could be you know he could be the number one contender you know so it could go either way but um, I think you know he does have a good head on his shoulders and I think he will do a good job at Villa yeah, I know. Um, we wish him the very best there as long as they don't beat Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other big game, uh, big games over the weekend is Manchester United versus West Ham. Um, David Moyes coming up against his former charges and West Ham are flying it. And Manchester United had a good win the other night, but all the talks about an unhappy Ronaldo. Uh, what do you think of that situation? He kind of, is it Ragnick daycare after having to console Ronaldo after taking him off the other evening? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Ronaldo is a type of player. He's just not going to be happy if he's not playing every minute of every game because that's what he wants. Um, and like if he's, if he's, you know, if he's starting in every game, he's not going to be able to play the full uh, 90 minutes every night of the week because, uh, you know, obviously he's in incredible con- condition and like, you know, in the shape that most people could only dream of being in, uh, especially at the age he is, you know, in the stage of his career that he is. Um, but like, the thing is that you just, you know, there's very small margins between being able to do what he does for 90 minutes and being able to like do it consistently, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I think to get the best out of him at the minute, you'd probably be more likely better to bring him off the bench with maybe 20 minutes, half an hour to go. Um, I think you'd get better out of him there. But the thing is, he's not going to want to do that. <laughs> he's not going to listen yeah. to that. Um, you know, and I know someone was making the point that in when he was at Juventus, he was able to play every game because he had, the pace of Italian football isn't as quick as it is in the Premier League. Um, you know, so the Premier League is 
quite a fast-paced, high-intensity game in comparison to, to Syria. Um, you know, and like, like he probably has lost maybe a tiny bit of the pace, a tiny bit of the explosiveness, a tiny bit of the trickery. Um, and he's been well marshaled as well. So, you know, for me, you know, do we get to get the best out of him? It would probably would be to bring him off the bench, but it's a it's a situation that's almost never going to happen because he's never going to he's never going to put up with that. So I think if, he, if this persists, where he's going to get taken off in games, and they're not they're not actually winning trophies, or especially in the Champions League, like if they're not getting into later rounds in the Champions League and stuff like that, then I think he definitely will walk away from United and he'll go somewhere, maybe you know, maybe go to PSG or maybe even go to you know, America or somewhere like that to, you know, to finish off his career, maybe even over to Bayern, maybe if you, you know, he went to Bayern Munich, he'd be nearly guaranteed a Bundesliga trophy. So, um, yeah, I think if they're not in the shakeup for definitely Champions League um, or getting back up into top four, I think he will walk. And especially if he's not getting the amount of game time that he wants, you know. If you were Manchester United, would you say if you're in charge there, would you cut your losses before Ronaldo actually makes the decision himself? Or would that, with the kind of the reputational damage that's there at the moment, do you think that could make things worse? Uh, I think if I was in United, I'd definitely try and say have a sit down with the manager and maybe Ronaldo and try and discuss something. Um, just to get the best out of him from this, for this season, just to say like you know, essentially you have to give the power over to the manager because the manager is the boss, and it basically just if Ragnick is the outline, this is how you're going to be played, this is how I'm going to use you, I'm going to take you off, you know, at certain points in the game if this is the way it's going, and I think then if he if he buys into that and is on board, then you know it could work, but you know, <laughs> you know I actually really admire. Ronaldo, but and actually, this is probably one of the things that makes him so great is his his um his selfishness and his drive yeah. to win is one of the things that makes him such a great player. And and it's the very opposite of maybe Messi in, in a lot of ways because Messi is you know very much about spreading the ball around and stuff like that. Not although he doesn't like to get taken off either. But um, yeah, I think you know it, the very things that make him great could actually turn him into quite a toxic presence in the dressing room because like if he yeah. says something you know everyone's like this is Ronaldo saying this like and you know essentially who is Ragnick in relation to Ronaldo uh, but then I think uh, it came out during the week as well that some of the younger United players aren't exactly happy with or don't find Ronaldo to be that approachable um, so yeah you can imagine like he's a big superstar and he want, he wants he demands people to be up to his level and if they're not maybe he doesn't give them the time of day you know so yeah. yeah it's interesting times it's it's interesting that the talk has gone away from Paul Pogba being the negative influence in the United dressing room and it's moving over to Ronaldo so he clearly has the the bigger ego I suppose yeah no very valid points Robbie the other three o'clock kickoffs tomorrow sees Leams Wolves take on Brentford Leeds United versus Newcastle United that'd be an interesting tie as well actually and then Southampton against Man City and no offence to any Southampton fans I know there's a good few around Kilkenny a friend of mine's a Southampton fan Um, I can't see anything but a City win there uh, big game Sunday, Robbie, Chelsea versus Tottenham Hotspur. 
Um, how do you see that one going? Is Spurs seem to be on and up and Chelsea seem to be stalling or maybe going backwards a bit? Yeah, um, but as well, you have to consider that Chelsea are a bit of a a bogey team for Spurs, uh, and Chelsea seem to have a bit of a bit of a hoodoo over them. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think Chelsea will bounce back. I think Chelsea will more than likely win that game. Um, it will probably be you know a few goals scored. Um, you know, but I think they do have a, like especially Tuchel maybe has a good way of playing against Spurs, and he does seem to kind of neutralize them as well. So. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea will bounce back. I think they'll get the win. Um, you know, Spurs were maybe lucky enough to win um, the other night. Kind of had like eight minutes of injury time. So, yeah, they'll be on a bit of a high from that. But I think I think overall I have to go with uh, with Chelsea to bounce back and get the win, especially at uh, Stamford Bridge. Yeah, Dutter, yeah, I'd agree with you because Chelsea had the uh, advantage in the cup a couple of weeks ago as well, and they won two 0 So, um, or sorry, they won two 0 and then oh, I forget to score in the second game, but they had a comprehensive win over Spurs. But the cup to the Premier League's different, but I can't disagree. Um, listening to Tuchel during the week, um, yeah, I think the they will emerge. Other games on Sunday is Arsenal versus Burnley. Arsenal will hopefully bounce back from their loss to Liverpool on Thursday. And they seem to be a bit of a discipline issue within Arsenal as well. The last two cup games, uh, they had a player sent off. Um, so, yeah, they could be discipline issues there. Crystal Palace against Liverpool and Leicester City against Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, we move on anyway to rugby, Robbie, and there's an announcement during the week of Andy Farrell's squad for the upcoming Six Nations. We're on about the restrictions being lifted earlier on in the podcast, and it means that Ireland versus Wales will be a full capacity on, uh, I think, Saturday week, um, definitely two weeks' time. But uh, there's a yes, few... Yeah, there's a few Irish, a few former internationals unlucky not to make the squad to two burns of Leinster. James Lowe's out injured, but also Simon Zebo isn't featuring. Uh, looking at squad, Robbie, they seem to be a, a nice mix of youth and experienced players there. And of course, sees the return of Jonathan Sexton uh, for the first time since their win over New Zealand. Yeah, it's just seems to be a good pick. I was just looking through all the different uh, the caps that everyone has there. So, yeah, there's definitely um, a nice blend of youth and experience and stuff. And, you know, I think Irish rugby is in a really good place. Um, for me, myself, I'm more of a fan of the international team than watching a lot of the club games. Um, yeah. I just I just have a better buy into it, you know, and I've, I've watched them for a long time. Uh, so you get really excited for any Irish rugby games, uh, especially Six Nations. And, you know, Wales are, you know, we've had so many battles with Wales over the years, like just titanic struggles. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like the if, you know, if the, especially if that game is first in the Six Nations, whoever wins that game could go on to to end up winning the tournament, you know. So it's, it's important to, to lay down a marker. Um, you know, I think I just hope they don't get too overawed by the, the or to get you carried away with the hype from beating New Zealand. Yeah. And I hope that they give, you know, 
like Wales deserve nothing but respect at all times, no matter how they're playing. Because um, if there's a second you even drop your intensity for a millisecond, they'll just absolutely blow you out of water. Um, so, yeah, I think we're in a good place. And I think, you know, realistically, the pressure is kind of building for Andy Farrell. Maybe not in general in the media, but uh, he's had two tournaments and, you know, he hasn't really produced a trophy. The last two coaches, they did what they did produce, produce a coach, uh, produce um, a trophy in their first season. So, you know, he's into his third, third year, I think it is at the minute. Yeah. So third yeah. year, I know there was kind of COVID disruptions and stuff and all that, yada, yada and stuff. Um you know, and they could have possibly won won tournaments in the past, but um, yeah, I think for me the pressure is kind of starting to ramp up, and especially like it's kind of in the World Cup cycle, it's year three of four, I think it is. So yeah, yeah. So definitely, we're you know, obviously beating New Zealand is a lot of credit in the bank for him. You know, the way I'm not saying that's not, but um, for me, he's going to really have to try and have a good tilt at this Six Nations. And, you know, if we win this one, we could be in a great position to to build on that for the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, I'm very hopeful for the squad. Uh, you know, I, I love Simon Zebo. He's just a great player. And just, you know, the second, he's one of those players that the second he gets the ball, there's a huge intake of breath from the crowd because they know something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And it goes maybe from... Irish coaching uh, ticket they're maybe saying like you know maybe sometimes when he gets the ball sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad so whereas they maybe want the more consistent um, player who will who will consistently maybe not do as well in the flash moments but won't do as bad in the down points as maybe Zebra would so yeah I'd love to see him back in Irish jersey he's just such a great character and you know such exciting player to watch Um but I suppose, you know, at the minute, you know, with beating New Zealand, there's a lot of credit in the bank there. So no one's really going to question Andy Farrell at the minute. So, so yeah. And I think, you know, in terms of like out half, like um, with the Burns and stuff, like Joey Carberry's come back in and he's played really well. So, you know, he's the he's the man to, you know, next in line to Sexton, really, you know. Uh, like it is a little bit disappointing that we're still reliant on Sexton as much as we are. But, um, you know, he's just, you know, brilliant player and he's still playing to a high level so yeah hopefully he can, he can get through the six nations without uh getting too many big hits as well yeah no very valid points robbie um yeah i would have been calling for simon simon zebo to be called in and the way they played the november internationals they they played kind of a, a real exciting uh style of play um and I think Simon Zebo could add that bit of magic to it. He, he kind of has that Tommy Bow um, go about him that just can spring up in the right place at the right time. But um, you have to trust Andy Farrell. It's great seeing the likes of Mac Hansen, Michael Lowry, um, and Keane Prendergast making their debuts in the squad as well, uh, along with the experienced players. So it's onwards and upwards, but I'd agree with the point you made. Um, the last time we defeated New Zealand, we the form slightly dipped. Um, so it'd be the big concern there. And of course, to win the Six Nations, we have to travel to 
Twickenham and the Stade de France as well. Um, so that, that'd be really tough. And everyone knows where French rug, rugby is at the moment after a barren couple of years. But onwards and upwards and look forward to uh, the international games. There's also championship cup games taking place these, this weekend. Bathurst Leinster is on tomorrow, or sorry, today. Uh, because the podcast will be out on Saturday. Uh, Bathurst Leinster. Leinster had a, an unbelievable win last weekend, um, scoring over 80 points. Uh, Connacht are in action as well against Stade uh, Francais. That matches on Sunday. And Munster versus Wasps. Uh, Connacht were really unlucky last weekend, Robbie, uh, to be ahead. Uh, against uh, 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 sorry, against Leicester, and to just lose at then like they did. Do you think they can bounce back um, against Stade Francais? Um, yeah, like you know, I suppose overall, Connacht are a fairly resilient club. You know, um, yeah, I think I heard bits and pieces of the Leicester game where they were doing quite well for a good bit. Is this game going to be in the sports ground or is it going to be in, in France? Um, Sorry, it's in France. Yeah, so I suppose you would kind of have to give the nod to the French team there, unless, you know, like some, sometimes the French teams don't, they don't kind of give their all in the in the, in the European rugby because they're too focused on where they are in the, the French top 14 and stuff, so yeah, I think you know going to France and getting a win would be tough. So I don't think so. <laughs> but um, you know they have like a good thing going in Connacht. I know they're getting like maybe lots of players maybe who don't get their shot at Leinster and Munster and stuff like that. But they still go on to be good players and stuff like that. So and you know working their way into the Irish setup as well. So yeah, I have a bit of a soft spot for uh, for Connacht in general. I'd like to see them doing well, uh, even against you know Leinster, my own county or my own province, as it were. Um, maybe that's because I'm not really, you know, I'm not really that that attached to, to club rugby. If you know what I mean, more international yeah. stuff. But, um, yeah, hopefully they can. But you know, it's it's always tough to go to France for, especially for an Irish team, as you were saying, like with the the Six Nations, we've got to go to Paris. You know, so. <laughs> That could put the kibosh in the whole uh, Six Nations stream. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, bad first Lencer. Uh, being honest, Robbie, I kind of fancy Lencer. There was a concern last weekend. Lencer didn't play a competitive match in a long time due to uh, COVID reasons. And um, yeah, I expect Lencer to continue on there. Um, a game I'd be a bit uncertain about because Munster are so unpredictable at the moment and uncertainty about the head coach. Uh, Van Gran said he's leaving and they haven't found anyone to step in yet to take over the reins. Ron Nogara was approached. Paul O'Connell was approached. Uh, a former head coach um, during the week. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name and I won't embarrass myself. Uh, even more, he was approached and he was uncertain about it as well. So it's a big game for Munster there. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, you always want to see the Irish provinces. But all those games, Bat and Leinster, 
is on today at one o'clock and uh, tomorrow is Stade Francais against Connacht and Munster versus Wasps. Uh, the Connacht game's on at one o'clock and the Munster game's on at a quarter past three. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, from rugby. And there's a news article I came across today. Um, I stuck it into the group and because of the sensitive nature uh I'm going to be serious about it, but it's just something so strange. I it's like something out of a film. Uh, for anyone that didn't hear yesterday, Friday, uh, a body was discovered in a post office in Carlo, uh, but it was actually brought in by two people who tried to claim the person's pension. Um, now. One of my favorite films that I would have mentioning um, a while back on the podcast and the topics is Wake and Ned Divine, um, where a man won the lotto and died from the shock fit, and they actually let on uh, that uh, uh, David Kelly, uh, the former great Irish actor, um, played the part of the person won the lotto, Ned Divine. But it's really strange, Robbie, and you, you wonder what's behind it, wouldn't you? Other than money, I mean, how could... I, I? And I know they will be a criminal investigation and all of that and the sensitive nature of it, but it is weird. Yeah, I can. you'd have to really feel for that, the family of, of, that, of that man, you know, and obviously they were trying to do, trying to bring him down to get the money out when he was alive and I don't know in terms of his death, maybe they kind of triggered it with, you know, shock or whatever. Um, you know, it's really, really sad when stuff like this has happened to, to old people as well. Um, you know, they're kind of so, so vulnerable in the, in the community as well. Um, yeah, like just, you'd have to think, what were these guys thinking as well? Thinking that they'd get away with this, like, you know, cause they're obviously going into like a post office or whatever, where this just gentleman was well known. And you know, like two like two guys kind of flanking them and holding them up and stuff. Uh, you'd have to question, you know, what sort of IQ these guys have doing this sort of stuff. Um, and it would be it would be a funny story if it wasn't so tragic for for the for the elderly man involved. You know, in a way. But um, yeah, just kind of I suppose highlights maybe you know there is a lot of bad people out there. You know, we had kind of um, stuff last week um, with yeah. that teacher that teacher. Um, She's put it um, buried there the other day. So, you know, there is lots of, you know, mad people out there that will do stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. I suppose maybe the larger question is, you know, is society maybe, you know, going backwards at a certain point in Ireland with all these things happening? Or is it that maybe there's more media coverage around stuff now that maybe there wasn't before? So maybe probably a bit of both, possibly. Yeah, no, I'd agree completely and actually uh, pay tribute and sympathies to the family of Ashleen Murphy. It was an absolute awful tragedy and um, I didn't know the girl, uh, but I know uh, an awful lot for playing colleagues um, from her club, Kilkarma Kalahi. And uh, yeah, it's just an awful tragedy and sympathies to all our family, friends and colleagues and also students as well. Um, it, I just can't imagine um the devastation at the moment, and uh, may she rest in peace, and may her memory live on forever. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie. Uh, to the high ball. 
I won't well, lie, I feel down with even saying the high ball there, but yeah, the high ball, it's uh yeah, it's just so many tragedies and uh yeah, that that story today, yeah. Anyway, the high ball. Um no. so there are great news during the week for a person in Mayo. Um they claimed the lotto jackpot for the first time in seven months and the ticket was purchased in Castlebar and Castlebar is the luckiest place in Europe for a lottery success. Either the Euro millions are domestic lotto in Ireland. Um, actually, a funny story. The, the lotto last Saturday, everyone knows, 19 million. Uh, the lottery systems went down as common knowledge. Got an email Saturday night. Uh, saying I won something and there's a rumor going around that the lottery ticket could have been sold in Kilkenny but there is also a quarter of a million tickets sold in Kilkenny as well um, it's a shop just across from Dole where Extra Vision used to be on Rosin Street uh, just across from John's Bridge so congratulations to the, the winner there in the shop but there's a bit of hope that I might have been one of those people, <laughs> but unfortunately not. I won 29 euro. I'm very grateful, very grateful. That's pretty good. 29 euro more than I had, and I won four euro before that. Uh, I just had a euro left over, and I won four euro um, after buying the ticket online. But anyway, um, the story or the high ball I have for you this week, what would you do? If you won the lotto, Robbie. What would I do? Well, I only won a fiver. Won a fiver. Uh, I spent 12 euro and I won a fiver. So I'm not sure the economics are working out too great now. Would it <laughs> but buy uh, yeah. a pint even now, actually? <laughs> oh, definitely not in Dublin. Maybe in some country pub, maybe they might catch you. <laughs> I think I'll just buy another ticket with it sometime. Um, yeah, I was actually, it's kind of a fairly complex. Well, for me, who hadn't, I only did a lot because everyone was talking about it. I had to be one that night. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I would normally never do the lot, but I ended up doing it online. It was handier because I didn't want to go into the shop and be like, uh, you know, can I have one lotto, please? Because I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I did, I did it online anyway. So, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. So, you know, you probably do all the things like go on the holidays and get the car and all that sort of stuff. But I suppose what I'd really like to do is. I'd love to build kind of my own house, but yeah. it would be like maybe, you know, possibly maybe like a three-story sort of house and, you know, and have like, say, whatever, like you have all your house stuff on the top two floors. And then the bottom floor would be like uh, my work. Um, so it'd be like a gym type thing with treatment rooms and all that sort of stuff. And uh, oh. so that would just, if you wouldn't have to do any sort of commute to work, you just wake up. And you just go downstairs and, you know, and then you just go up and downstairs for, between clients or whatever. And yeah, and then you can have, you have your own kind of gym downstairs and stuff like that. So yeah, like maybe it's a little bit boring or whatever, but um, I know it sounds good. It's definitely something I would do. Like you kind of have to invest it a bit in terms of your future and stuff. And yeah, you just kind of work away with clients there and, you know, you just be like you wouldn't you'd only have to work with the people that you want to work because you've got so much money as well so 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that would be kind of my kind of dream scenario. What I do with a lot of money. That's what I do. Um, not too crazy. Like you would probably go traveling and you know take lots of time off and do all these sort of things. Um, you know, and probably probably buy probably buy uh, another maybe house by the beach somewhere. <laughs> maybe not in Ireland. Maybe in a different country. Um, so you can kind of go out there and enjoy the sun every now. And. Not that I not not that with my complexion I can actually enjoy the sun, but I could. <laughs> bring people with me maybe and they might enjoy the sun and I'll just sit in the shade and say, Oh, it's just great. You know? Um, yeah. So that'd be me. What would you do teach? Um, I always would have thinking I'd like to buy a business, the likes of a hotel or something like that. Um, I wouldn't be a person that would be able to sit and rest on the money. I I'd get for bored very easily, but I was actually out for a run last Sunday morning. Uh, I do do other things by run just, and I'm not boasting saying it's just, I was listening to the radio, what I do. And um, it was actually today FM and we're saying um, you'd have people coming out of the woodwork. And I was just thinking to myself, would it actually be worth winning it? because you're going to leave people disappointed but would it be a situation that you'd have so much money that you wouldn't care I, I i don't know i'd find i'd like to help people but i probably wouldn't be able to help a, as many people as i would want to if that makes sense um now if i had 19 million resting in my bank account now not only would my bank manager be happy but uh uh, an awful lot of others but um yeah i'd like to buy a hotel and try people help people out but um would it be too life-changing robbie would it be kind of no i know obviously it'd be life-changing and you could buy whatever you want but would there be a downside to it would you think yeah i think there was you know is there that woman who won the euro millions a few years ago that maybe she had like a lot of troubles and stress in her life afterwards. And I yeah. think you always hear about these, these um, stories, people who win a lot of money and they end up, you know, like lots of, you know, maybe bad things happen and stuff like that. So yeah, I suppose it, that, that sort of stuff can happen as well uh, where the money can do more harm than good. Um, I think for me, you know, I'd like to think of myself as a fairly level headed person. I don't, I don't think, I honestly don't think money would really change me at all. Obviously, it would change my clothes and <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I can't really see like me, you know, getting a lot of money and then, you know, being completely different or, you know, looking down on people yeah. or treating people like crap or, you know, I would just be completely myself who I am, maybe to a fault. I'd still be going around the house, turning off the lights and giving out about this, that and the other and doing all those kind of dad things, you know, you kind of do. Um yeah, I'd yeah, I'd still I'd still want to maybe you know just stuff around the house to do. I'd still want to do it. I wouldn't be getting servants or maids or anything like that. I mean, I'd still want to work. And you know, I think like you know, for some people, maybe if they just win a lot of money, like all right, I'm never going to work again. You know, and then maybe yeah. they go from a place where they've never they've had to work for everything, and then they have everything kind of handed to them, and they're not working, and maybe they can become a little bit depressed because you know, as much as maybe you might hate work or dislike work. Um, you know, like there's a certain amount of it that is a good bit of crack. And like, I know myself personally, in terms of leaving the job that I'm in, 
going kind of out on my own I'm leaving behind a lot of you know really great people and yeah. people that would have had like just great crack with over the years and stuff like that and you'd be missing out on that like if you were just sitting at home not working you'd be missing out on you know hanging out with these people and having these conversations you know getting to know people and stuff like that you know so yeah I think for me it definitely I don't think it would change me although I would I would think that my friends would think it would <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if I had 19 million in my back pocket people would be like man you changed you know but I think there would be that way anyway. um, so yeah I, I think I don't think I would but you know I think I think it would change a lot of people especially if they were to you know just sit on their ass for the rest of their life you know yeah no I'd agree completely with you um yeah that'd be my thinking on it um I I kind of always strive to work towards things and to have something handed I suppose you, it could change your impression if you you had the luxury of winning it but um yeah no it just made me think but uh yeah definitely definitely treat friends anyway but um yeah to a certain extent you'd have to cut it off and that's where I think I might be but still if anyone wants to give me the opportunity of winning it sometime I chance it and see anyway yeah Uh, yeah, I know but uh, yeah it was a pleasure Robbie I think that's where we leave it for this week and uh, this evening's podcast uh, for episode 41 if you want to contact us here on the two hands on the hurl podcast you can do so through facebook and instagram robbie's doing great work on uh, instagram and also our website two hands a hurl pod.wixsite.com forward slash podcast and if you have any ideas or anything you'd like to hear um we'd love to hear from you and also all the new listeners uh, that are tuning in as well it's an absolute honor and a, pr- a privilege uh, that you're honoring us with your listenership and um if you want to contact us we'd love to hear from you so until next week robbie be good and if you win the lotto tomorrow night uh i'll take you up on that offer of a holiday anyway i'll stay on the pod anyway i'll stay on the pod anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we might uh, invest in a big studio somewhere <laughs> that's, actually true. that's actually true i'll put that in my dream house in the studio we go <laughs> I know a pleasure Robbie and we chat to you next week good luck Santi good, 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 good luck good luck good luck good luck